episode 162 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Pilot the Pilot is brought to you by the Finer Points. These guys are constantly adding content to the Ground School app. Check it out at learnthefinerpoints.com. My name is Ryan Patterson. I am a professional aviation photographer specializing in aerial photography and a college student at GW. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's episode is with Ryan from Diecast Ryan on Instagram. If you have not followed him or you have, you have definitely seen one of his pictures, he has been reposted by all the airlines, has done some amazing work, but go follow Diecast Ryan right now. He's a 21-year-old, yeah, that's right, 21-year-old aviation photographer, and his pictures are some of the best pictures I've ever seen. I've actually purchased a Latitude picture from him and it is my favorite picture by far. Still working on a frame to get that framed up, but go check him out, go support him, and his work is amazing. He takes some truly incredible photos. It was awesome to talk to Ryan and hear his story, talk about why he started taking pictures of airplanes and just how he progressed to where he is today. Aviation, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Instagram. Make sure to follow us there for the life of a corporate slash fractional pilot. And if you want to check out our Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash pilot to pilot. Aviation, I hope you guys are having a great day. Without any further ado, here's Ryan from Diecast Ryan. Ryan, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you, man. Uh, I know we talked a little bit off uh, air, but I was telling you just, I love your photography. Maybe I actually didn't say this, so this is the first time, but I love your photography. I love your account, and I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm very proud of what I do, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm honored to be a part of things today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you are probably the second, I mean, I might get in trouble if there was another one, a second photographer that I've ever had on. I talked with Dion Mitten. Do you follow Dion at all on Instagram? I don't think I do, but I might have to follow yeah, him. Yeah, you'll have to follow him. He's a kind of a bush pilot, loves aviation. Uh, he did some career in software and now he's in aviation. He takes great photos, great videos, and he's a pilot. But you are the first, from what, I'm, what I can gather, the first aviation specific photographer that isn't a pilot, right? That I probably have found. Are you a pilot? I'm not actually. I've, oh, well, I guess you can technically, I've made one landing. There you go. Um, that counts. But, uh, so I'm not sure. Like, I'm no professional pilot, but I have taken one flight lesson and done awesome. one landing by myself. Well, I guess that's a good question. Uh, do you want to be a pilot? Did that one flight lesson kind of like open the door and this is what you want to do? Or did it confirm, uh, I'm not doing that. I'd rather take the pictures. You know, I'm honestly not sure. I I, I did, did have a, I did have a special connection with it. It was um, on after one of my air to air shoots last summer. Um, I was over Victorville and Mojave in the um, in a Cessna, and um, on the way home from Mojave, the um, the pilot told me, "Well, well, I'm a um, I'm a uh, flight instructor. Would you like to uh, do your take your first lesson on your way home from uh, Mojave back to um, I think it was Apple Valley? So it was like about a forty minute flight. I, I you know, I said sure and ended up um, landing the plane, I guess, all by myself. But it was a night landing, too. So my first landing was a night landing, totally unplanned. Still had the cameras in my lap. Um, and I'm not sure. I've always wanted to be a pilot, but I don't think it's where I will end up 
after college, but I can definitely say I haven't ruled it out. So could you see you being a pilot uh, to help fuel your photography career rather than you're going to be a pilot to make money and then photography on the side? Or would it be, do you think it's the other way around where you could possibly, like you said, you're not sure, but you could possibly see yourself flying for a career and photography being second? I think photography will always be there. It will be second. Um, Right now I'm looking at more going into the um, business side of the airline industry. But, you know, as I said, I really haven't closed the door on it. And if photography, if photography ends up being number one and I'm a pilot to help um, to help fuel that photography, heck, I, um, I won't complain about that and uh, that, uh, that solution at all. Absolutely not. Well, let's start back. You said uh, you kind of mentioned that you've always kind of thought about being a pilot or had the idea of aviation in your mind. And it sounds like it was always something you wanted to do. What was it about aviation? Or a better question is, when did it start? for you, for uh, looking up at the sky, seeing planes, and knowing that you wanted to be involved in this crazy community in some sort of fashion? So it started for me a long time ago. So when we were growing up, uh, my sister and I were growing up, we grew up in uh, just south of San Francisco. And um, every once in a while, um, but maybe once a month, my dad would take me up to San Francisco to Bayfront Park to watch the 747s come in and land um, from Asia and Europe. And I think it was right there that I, I fell in love with aviation and I would, I would make my little model airports on the ground uh, with my little diecast planes. And um, that's where the name diecast Ryan comes from. And um, I, I think it was there. My dad had a camera and that every once in a while he would bring it along with him. And, you know, we take some photos, nothing. It was a very basic, um, DSLR camera. One of the, one of the first ones, um, I think originally it was even maybe a film camera and, um, yeah, I, I just used his camera and I think that's where it all started. So with you being there with your dad, what was it about aviation that made you even want to, to like some people look up seaplanes, they think they're cool for a little bit, they get over it. But what was it about you that you couldn't get over it? I think it was just the adventure of of being on the airplane, um, especially we used to travel a ton and when I was a kid and um, just being on the airplane and looking out the window and being 40,000 feet away from your problems. And um, one thing I never do is I never buy Wi-Fi on the plane. So um, just being able to look down and um, being connected, but also disconnected and just being being there with my camera. Um, it's just always so serene and peaceful. And um, yeah, th- just the real adventure of it is is what's always captivated me, I think. So talk about the progression. You mentioned that you might have had a film camera, but what's the progression for you of going to watching planes take off to uh, taking pictures and then like to going to now? Because you don't start as a professional, you know, like there's a huge, it's like flying. There's a huge learning process, learning curve Uh, for you. I mean, obviously you're really young. You figured it out pretty early, but like. How was your progression? What did you go through? Uh, Cameras you chose, why you chose certain ones, uh, just kind of like, how have you gotten to where you are now? For sure. So it started when I was um, six years old before, I guess it would be 
kindergarten, my um, my grandmother passed away. Um, in first grade, so my grandmother passed away, and she left for me her um, little point and shoot camera. Now this was um, a nineteen ninety nine two megapixel. It was one of the very first point and shoot Canon cameras. And I think I still have it somewhere. Um, and I would I would go around when we were on our trips and take pictures. Um, and I wouldn't take pictures of anything on our trips except for the airplanes. And the camera only held about 20 photos. So I had to choose what I wanted to keep my photos of. And I I usually take the photos and then delete it later. Um, I don't I don't think we even downloaded the photos. So I would just keep the photos for me to be able to look back on them. And from there, I had that for a few years. And then when I was um, in seventh grade, for my birthday, my parents got me my first camera. And that was the Nikon D3100. And I was ecstatic when I got that camera. It was game-changing, life-changing for me. Going to the airport, I would bug my mom every weekend. Every chance I could get, I'd want to go to the airport to take pictures. And this was even before social media was playing a role in my life. So I was just taking these pictures to have them on my computer um, and play around with them and, and show my friends. So I didn't really have any um, any friends that were into aviation. I had one or two, um, but no one, no one really was interested in, in seeing them. So they're basically just for me. And then in 2014, so I've been taking pictures for about three and a half years now. I was encouraged by one of my friends who had seen my pictures. And she was like, you should you should get an Instagram for this. Like you take some really cool photos. Um, it's a passion. And that's how Diecast Ryan started. And it started with just a few photos that I had taken over the years. And then I realized I didn't get to the airport enough to be able to post regularly. And so um, that's how the name Diecast Ryan came about was I took pictures of my diecast models. Um, they're one 400 scale little models and I made a model airport and I posted pictures of those. And I did that for probably three years. I had my, my basic Nikon D three 100 for, you know, five, six years. And finally, when I started getting into photography a little bit more, I upgraded to the Nikon D seven, 200, and from there, I uh, that was in 2016, and right after that, I actually took my first helicopter ride. My dad and I. My dad is also into aviation, um, not in the industry or anything. He just he enjoys it because we we spend time together doing it. And so we decided we had always wanted to go down to LAX. We had seen Sam, Sam Chewy's photos over LAX, and I'd been on Airliners Net scrolling through photos for years. And they'd always been a huge inspiration to me. So we went down to LAX and did the helicopter together. It was the last helicopter my parents paid for. <laughs> and we did that together. And he was like, I'm never going in a helicopter again. But I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with it. I knew I had to go back. So when we, we went back um, at the end of that year, and that was the first time I'd ever taken a picture from the top down looking down onto an airplane, shooting between the skids or flying on our side to take a picture of a plane top down. And so that's where that passion really began. And um, it was at that point, it was just posting social media, you know, nothing, nothing too, um, nothing professional like. And then in 2015, um, United Airlines approached me about using one of my photos to announce the retirement of the 747. And that was my fir the first time that uh, airline had reached out to me. 
And that was kind of the beginning of a relationship with United Airlines, which still holds a special place today. And from there, um, they announced the retirement of the 747 and they started using more and more of my photos, which led to in 2017. So at that point, I'd only done five or six helicopters or 2018. Sorry, I'd only done five helicopters in my entire life, um, three or four, I think. And, and they'd all been in Los Angeles. And United Airlines asked me to do uh, my first professional job. So this was kind of a changing po- a turning point for me in senior year of high school. And um, the, at the summer after senior year of high school, I went down to Tupelo and we got um, we got permission to fly a drone over the airport in Tupelo to take pictures of their retired 747s. It was um, an event there where they brought some elites in and it was dinner under the 747 event. It was the first time I had been published. I was published in USA Today on the cover of the travel section, um, which I still have the, um, the article, the print article on my wall. So that was a really really big moment. And I think that was like the changing point, the turning point for me in my career, realizing that, you know, this, you know, this may be something that I could actually do something with. And um, then the points guy approached me and asked me to do some work for them, some promotional media work. And from there, it's, it started taking off. I I did a few more jobs with United and then things really took off. Um, I got a full frame camera during that time and started acquiring more lenses. And really at that point, it was still um, paying for itself. Um, It it wasn't doing much other than that. It was paying for new camera gear and going on some short adventures. And then um, in the the beginning of last year is when things really changed and blossomed into a job where um, people started enjoying my photos on beyond just Instagram and social media. And that I did, I believe I did 30 helicopters last year, which I've done seven up through the beginning of 2020. So it was a really, while it was a really, really hard year, it blossomed into a job where I could, I could support myself and um, pay for my apartment here in DC and help, you know, help pay for school a little bit. And so that was, um, I guess that was kind of the progression. And now it's, now it's a full-time job while I'm in school. It helps pay for that. And, um, you know, it, uh, it pays for adventures. So that's, that's <laughs> all I could ask that's for. That's good, man. Um, talking about United coming up to, you're just graduating high school or even a senior in high school. Did you feel out of place at all? Did you feel like a kind of like, why am I here? Like, I'm not qualified. I'm just a high school kid with a camera. Uh, kind of talk about the mentality of having such a huge opportunity in front of you, but being so young. I was completely overwhelmed. The day they called me, um, they, um, the social, one of the social media people texted me and she was like, can we schedule a call? And I was freaking out. I thought I had done something, got myself into trouble. <laughs> We're going to arrest you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what, what's happening? Am, am I, am I banned? Am I never going to be able to work for it with an airline? Cause you know, that was always the goal to be able to work with an airline for social, with like social media content and stuff. And so I was really worried. She called me, she was like, we, we have a job for you. It is, um, unpaid, but is, um, we'll pay for all your travel and stuff. So it was my first professional job where I signed a contract, but unpaid work as, um, they told me it was my proving point. This is, um, if you do well here, we'll, look to do more work with you. And so that was probably the scariest moment of my life, knowing that 
I had more jobs on my shoulders after this. And we actually couldn't get the drone to work at the airport because obviously um, can't just walk up to the airport and, you know, take off with the drone. Um, we had to do a ton of work and it um, didn't quite click into place until about halfway through the photo shoot, right into, right when sun when the sun was starting to set. And we were really worried that we weren't going to get it up. And I was convinced that, you know, this was over for me. And I would, they were never going to hire me again. And the point, the uh, point of the job wasn't to use the drone, but it was. Um, I thought aerial photography could help tell some of the story in the um, in the event. And when we got it up, it totally changed the game. We had gotten some good pictures to, up to that point, but getting the aerial video and footage of these 747s all retired nose to nose together completely changed it and got me on the cover of USA Today, which was. Um, the travel section, which was huge and United absolutely loved it. Um, but I, I did feel completely out of place. I was, I was 17 years old, um, 18 years old. And I was with a ton of adults who, uh, you know, they did look at me as a kid. They, I couldn't, um, I couldn't rent a car to get down to the facility, which was sort of a problem. I had to drive with one of the United folks. Um, but it's like, bring your kid to work day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There, you know, you got to get some of those looks. Like, why is this kid here? Why is why is this kid in a United hat? Um, but it was it was such a cool moment for me, just being going from being a kid watching these seven forty sevens, and you know, this was the reason I got into aviation was watching these seven forty sevens with my dad to be able to say goodbye to them one last time, and just knowing that and being confident in my work. I wasn't totally confident in my work at the time, but building that confidence with that shoot it was it was totally game changer for me and i can't i cannot thank united airlines enough just for the opportunity to be able to do that and build that confidence so now when i walk into shoots even though i'm still usually the youngest one there um i can still be confident in my work talk about like that side of the industry that's the side of the industry that we a lot of pilots just see pictures and they're like oh sweet that picture's awesome I mean, we don't know what goes on behind it i'm guessing in that situation at united it's a very cutthroat industry like everyone wants that picture you know uh was it easy to break into it was it easy to be respected do you still find yourself fighting for kind of like the young kid i'm trying to get respected into this industry or has everyone been kind of welcoming and it's a it's a great community where they they open you with well, with open arms um, so it's been a little bit of a challenge, but um, I've really enjoyed it. So it is um, on the professional side of things. It is really hard. Um, people, especially media teams, I feel bad saying this, but they expect the photos just for free and stuff. They're like, oh, can we just, you know, can we just take this photo and use it for some advertising? And I have to explain to them what goes on behind the images and that there's some pretty big costs associated with the images. So I can't totally let them use for free. And I'd, I'd be happy to negotiate with them and see if there's a price that we can agree upon. Um, but it has it has taken a while to earn that respect, especially being a college kid and having a college schedule. Like I can't just run out and go to a photo shoot. Um, yeah, that's been a little bit of a, a challenge, especially with um, use with professional companies. Not everything happens on the weekend, so I, I can't uh, I can't make it to everything. But as the media teams that I've been able to work with have been so understanding about my schedule and um, that school comes first, obviously, and that traveling and um, working is. Um, while it's not just a weekend thing that it's, it's usually limited more to the weekends, but, you know, working around that schedule a little bit more, they've been so accommodating in it. 
Um, on the social media side of things, I, um, it's it's like how are your uh, how are your parents paying for this or um, how, how do you get to do so many helicopters? Are you just rich? And it's kind of taking a little bit of understanding that no, it's actually my job. And at first, it wasn't. It was um, my parents did obviously pay for that first helicopter. I wasn't making money off my first helicopter shoot, but it kind of built upon itself. And I guess it's now to the understanding that. Um, a little bit more that it is what I do to support myself. And it's a super niche industry. So a lot of people are confused as to how I make that, um, how I make it all work and that, um, how I support myself doing it. But it's, um, but it's been a really cool adventure being able to do it and figure out ways to, um, into a, a super niche industry. Yeah, it is. It's, Aviation's a niche industry in its own. And then you go into aerial photography and aviation photography, you narrow down that niche even farther, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is just funny. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting being young and being successful. Uh, you don't want anyone to discredit you for your, the hard work and the talent that you have by just saying, oh, it must be nice to have rich parents. It's like, well, I mean, maybe your parents bought your first helicopter ride, but you still had the talent. You still had the ability to get what you wanted done and to produce. Because at some point, like even if you have all the luck in the world, all the all the opportunities in the world, you have to produce at some point. And if you're not good, it's eventually going to come out. And clearly, you were good enough to continue and get better. And United, the points guy, everyone just wanted to keep working with you. So power to you, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, my parents, my, especially my parents have played an integral part in my, um, my, my young career so far, supporting me in everything I do, um, taking me to that, taking me to the airport all the time when I was little to get those photos, um, taking me on my first helicopter ride. I mean, I, I would never have been able to afford that by myself. Um, and never, probably never would have gotten in, into aerial photography. It would have been a scary thing, but, um, you know, with their support, I mean, it's, it's gone such a long way. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been a challenge there, but a welcome challenge at that. Looking back at your original photos or even when you first consider yourself a professional, like how you've grown, uh, looking back at them, do you cringe at your old photos? You're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I use that ISO setting. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I use that lens. Or is it kind of just like a, a love for everything and your style has progressed with you as you've gotten older and as you've, um, progressed in the career? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I guess it's just all been a learning curve and it's to some degree, I have to understand that, that, um, when I was, when I was 11, when I got my first, my first DSLR that, you know, it wasn't a, a 40 megapixel, 46 megapixel camera that I could super zoom in and I didn't have all these sharpest lenses. I, you know, I think that was the, um, the beauty of it. Maybe the challenge was being able to move up at such a young age and maybe not using the best equipment available on the market to be able to get what I've done done. Um, but still using that maybe as, um, maybe as motivation to get better and to, um, progress. And, you know, it has been a challenge, but, um, again, a, a welcome challenge being able to improve editing styles. And it's a lot about learning from your peers, um, especially editing. That's something that's probably changed the most. My style of photography really hasn't changed within the past eight years and going back to look at my old photos, especially on my Instagram, a lot of them are super similar to what I post today. It's a lot of the editing and the um, quality of the images that has changed, which is something that's really cool. I'm at my first, um, my first uh, photo on social media 
was a, um, I guess I was known before I did a lot of aerial work, people really liked my window wing view photos that I used the, um, use the window frame to sort of frame the image. And my first photo on social media was a framed image with the wing, um, with the wing view. So um, kind of being able to look at that and knowing that my style hasn't changed a whole lot, just the equipment that I use is a lot bigger now. And then um, obviously to the editing, the editing has played a huge part in the process of um, moving from, I guess, a kid with a camera to a professional. Um, but people like um, Alvin, who's one more week to go on Instagram, and John Jasinski, who's, I think, photo Jasinski on Instagram, um, both of them have played huge roles in um, in teaching me how to edit and new techniques. And um, I, I think that's what's been able to bring my photography just, um, again, from a kid with a camera to a um, to maybe more of a professional level. Why'd you choose Nikon? Is it just because it's what you had at first or has it yeah. been? Yeah. So it's just literally first camera. You've always liked it and you just stuck with what you know. Yep. So my dad had a camera, when, um, a Nikon camera. I think I want to say it was the D5 200 or D5 300. I really can't remember. And he got me a Nikon. Um, and uh, I guess I don't have a whole lot of spare change. I would love to try a Sony or a Canon. Um, and people ask me all the time, like, is Nikon or Canon or Sony better? And I think all of them have different um, different strengths to them. And if I could choose and start over, I'm not sure I would. But because I love my D850, I um, in fact I have two of them. But um, I it really just started just because I had a. Uh, my dad had an icon and I could use his lenses. That's so funny. It's funny how uh, kind of what you know and what's familiar just follows you through your career. Uh, I mean, it also goes to show you that maybe brand doesn't really matter. Like maybe sometimes Nikon is better and something, maybe Sony's better for something, but like you have the skill, if you have the talent, if you have the eye, you can make anything work. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. It's not about the equipment. Um, there's plenty of people out there, especially pilots who just have some great views, um, being able to work with, you know, what they got with an iPhone in their pocket. And I, I think iPhones, especially right now, um, are to the point where they can compete with some of the basic level DSLRs, especially in like wide angle stuff, maybe not with the zoom but with wide angles and being in the cockpit. That's usually what you're, um, what you're working with is those wider angles. But, um, I, I equipment, I'm a strong, I'm a firm believer in that equipment doesn't really make a photographer. It's, um, it's the editing and the, um, and the angles in the eye of the photographer. Yeah, I use I, I only use the iPhone. I have a bigger Sony, a mirrorless uh, A6600, but it's too big for me. And it's always weird to see like a pilot with a big camera walking around. You know, like I just feel like <laughs> it, it just brings attention that you don't need attention brought. So I found that the iPhone takes really good pictures in certain scenarios. Like I said, like it's not great at zooming in to watch someone land or anything like that, but it still does a really good job. But what I'm getting at is kind of doesn't matter like it's kind of going on what you're saying like if you have the eye you can do this and you can take some good photos and keep building and get better and who knows maybe they can be the next die cast ryan and be insta famous and taking all these great photos <laughs> i know i i totally agree with that in fact i i had no idea you only had the um that you only used the iphone i would have never been able to tell i think that's the beauty of it right now um is that you're able to use a a, a a camera and uh, an iPhone interchangeably and use, just use what you have. Um, the, I mean, the views that you get are incredible. Um, uh, 
followed by the photos that you've been able to capture in the cockpit. And I, I think it's more about having the creative eye in, in those angles than, um, than it really is about the equipment. Just trying to be like you, man. You know, just trying to be like you. <laughs> I need to get a helicopter ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do have to bring the... Um, the uh, the camera and the helicopter since we are so far away sometimes we make it look like we're a little bit close but usually it's uh, usually it's a pretty good distance in the air well maybe one day my my schedule is completely all crazy but maybe one day when I land in Dulles or something we can meet up and we can go in a helicopter and we can go take some pictures so that'd be cool totally totally we uh, you got to plan the helicopters a little bit in advance some airports are a little bit more harder to plan um, than others I know um, Dulles to um to get approval from air traffic control and uh, airside operations you need a um you need a contract to prove to them but if we're able to plan it in advance totally able to do it that'd be awesome we'll, we'll make it work we'll make it happen one day bring you out here to chicago we'll go over here just to annoy them oh, i'm sure they'd love I'm that <laughs> that's awesome um giving some advice to a photographer like Everyone loves photography in some way or another, whether it's looking at it, taking pictures. Everyone loves to take pictures and think that they're a really good photographer. What is just some tips that you would give someone that's either starting out or uh, say they have a a mirrorless camera or some sort of DSLR? Um, What's like the number one or top three tips you'd tell someone of trying to capture the best moment that they possibly can in the moment? Is it auto mode? Is it uh, going manual settings and play around and figure it out? Or kind of what would you tell someone that's just starting out? Um, I would say know your camera, know your camera, whether that's an iPhone, whether that's um, a professional level DSLR, just being able to be comfortable with it and whip it out um, real quick and being able to capture that shot. A lot of times those shots are, it's about being lucky, being in the right place at the right time, whether that's um, um, planned, a little bit planned luck, or it's truly just a lucky moment. Um, just being able to whip it out real fast. So being comfortable with what you're using. Um, and iPhones using auto mode, using manual mode, I don't think it really matters too much. Um, just being able to do what you're comfortable with. And then probably my second piece of advice, um, using your angles, just using different angles, trying to be unique. Um, don't, um, don't get stuck in a rut and be creative with what you're doing. And then third piece of advice, um, I, I recommend editing. Um, not everyone agrees with that, but Lightroom is a super capable app um, on your phone and on the desktop. I know I use a desktop version. Um, I know a lot of people use the, um, the mobile version, which has gotten to the point where it's just as good as the version on the computer. Um, I only use it because I have to keep the files on my computer, but um, use, using that editing. So using, just using your resources to what you, um, to what you can do. And again, it's, it's not to the, you don't have to have the best cameras to be able to do it, to take some awesome photos. Um, there's, there's so many people out there that are, are taking amazing stuff without expensive, expensive camera gear, which I think is just so awesome. And, um, I, a lot of people are, um, a little bit uh, critical of iPhone photographers, but I, I'm, I totally support it. And I think it's getting more people into the hobby as everyone becomes a photographer. And I know it, uh, makes it a little bit harder to stand out, but if you're able to do it, more power to you. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, I have some questions. All right, I have some questions from Instagram. Uh, if oh, you want to answer some of those, this one is from uh, let's see, Anders or Anders. I always say his name wrong. He's listening to this. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> he wants to know. He asked you four questions, but we're just going to go with um, 
What is your process for getting flyover slash loitering approved? How do you go about that? You kind of talked a little bit about uh, being ahead of time, but or making sure you plan that out. I used to shoot aerial survey back in the day, and we had a government contract to shoot pictures of airports. And ATC never wanted us to do it. We had to send them letters from Congress. We had to send them all this stuff, and they would still never want us to do it. So I'm guessing you've run into that. So what's kind of like uh, the process of you making it as easy as possible? <laughs> so it's definitely not easy. And I think you uh, you just touched on it very well right there. They don't want you there. Um, and that's not always true. There's we're, We've been able to work with some amazing people in the air traffic control towers and had so much fun with them. Um, but it is something that's Oftentimes they're not as comfortable with, and um, being in ATC, they gotta they have so much on their plates that we're trying not to be in their hair doing fun things um, to make their lives more challenging than it already is. So it really starts with the planning process. Um, so finding a helicopter company um, is the first step, and so finding the helicopter company that has the best price, the helicopter for the hours that I'm I want to work. That um, finding that. Um, making sure they're available for the times that I want to do it. And then there's a little bit of luck involved. You got to pick a day where there's good weather. And that usually, usually you got to pick a city and you know that the weather is going to be good in that time. And there has been shoots that I've had to cancel because, you know, the weather doesn't look good that day. Um, but, you know, not going to Chicago during the winter, um, moving south. You go in Florida instead. <laughs> um, or um, I ended up doing Louisville during the winter. And even that was rigid. Um, but yeah, so it starts with finding a helicopter company and then um, working with the proper authorities to make sure that the, uh, the shoot will be approved and that um, planning ahead puts so much less stress on air traffic control and that they know what you're wanting to do. So the pilot and I will make sure that we reach out to the air traffic control tower. We'll give them um, uh, a diagram of where we want to shoot, what planes are coming in that we want to shoot. Um, and so that's oftentimes a little bit difficult because we don't exactly know where the sun is going to be. So planning out where the sun is going to be is a huge, huge part um, of what we want to do. And sometimes that changes depending on what type of day we'll do a morning shoot. We'll do an afternoon shoot. Sometimes there's clouds. So, you know, the sun doesn't matter. Um, and then the hardest thing is getting up there day of and making sure that, um, you know, we can work with ATC effectively working, um, not working by myself to take the photos, but, you know, working with air traffic control to take the photos and making sure that we're doing what we do safely. So, um, the staying at our designated altitude, which is usually, um, I like to sit, um, a thousand to 1500 feet is my, my usual, uh, altitude. And then sometimes if we're lucky, we're able to plan it with air traffic control. If we're comfortable, if they're comfortable, um, to be able to fly over the runways while airplanes are approaching. And so that's an even more unique process. It's making sure that the pilots are comfortable with it, that they know their altitude, that they know what altitude we are at in case there is an emergency and they have to go around, which pilots actually have gone around, um, or just one of them that have gone around while we were up in the helicopter um, and making sure that they know that we're there so they can't um, and their um, go around altitude is um, below 2000 feet above the threshold. So um, there's uh, there's always that to work with. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big planning process, whether it's working with airside operations to make sure what we're doing is that they're comfortable with, especially if we're shooting really low altitude, um, but planning that uh, with ATC to make sure what we want to get approved is approved and making sure that um, the load on their plate is not too heavy. 
Yeah, that well said. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Answered it. Uh, this one is from Alfredo Twenty Eight Oro. Uh, he wants to know what drives you to do what you love. Is it uh, you want to be the best at what you do? Is it you just love what you do? But what ultimately drives you every single day to produce this kind of content? I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do more than anything. Um, and uh, posting the social me- posting the images to social media is a plus. But if my social media page got deleted tomorrow, I would still do this. Then we'd have to work on the funding part of things. But I'm still, I would still definitely do this. I love what I do. Um, just taking pictures of airplanes. You know, I I've been doing it for what I guess ten years now. Uh, been doing this for ten years now, and um, yeah, I get up every morning to go edit a photo before I post it, and um, I. If even if I wasn't able to, I would still edit all my photos and keep them on my print them out on my wall. Um, yeah, I I just love what I do. That's awesome. This is from some Patreon supporters. This one's from Matt. Matt wants to know how do you balance school and photography? <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, my teachers would like to know the same thing, and my parents, my parents specifically. Um, it's you know it's a little bit of tough of a balance, but um, obviously school comes first, and I. Um, I have to sometimes remember that, that school will get me farther than taking a picture of a plane today. So, um, making sure my, my schoolwork gets done before I go edit pictures of planes or, um, that I'm flying on the weekends instead during, instead of the weekdays, not taking red eyes before tests, which has had to happen every once in a while, but we try to avoid that. Um, so yeah, school always comes first. And then um, usually flying happens on the weekends or um, within the schedule, something like that. This one's from uh, Bailey. Bailey wants to know, what was your first ever photo of? My first ever photo? Gosh. The first one that I have that I can really remember, my first um, photo on social media was an iPhone photo of a Southwest 737 we were um, landing in Albuquerque, and I was from the wing view. My first photo of an airplane. I think I took a picture of a Qantas A380, and I think that's in 2007. And I think that's the first photo I ever took with the DSLR. Um, but I, I have some old pictures of me with airplanes. But I think that probably would be the first photo that I took. Yeah. What's next for you? What are your plans after college? Like, if you could... Uh, your biggest dream could come true. What would you want to do next after college? Um, so as I said, I think I want to go into the uh, business side of the uh, the aviation industry. Um, I'd love to be a CEO of an airline someday. I I don't know how big goals. I like it. Um, I'll be your uh, number two. You want to hire me? <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? Um, yeah, I think um, going into the business side of aviation, I'd love to do uh, marketing and social media. Uh, media relations um, at some sort of airline somewhere. This one's from my buddy Reed. He wants to know, have you ever had any sketchy situations in the helicopters or just in general? Sketchy situations. We did run into some problems over Chicago. There was microbursts at um, Chicago O'Hare and we almost got stuck in a rain squall, which wouldn't be dangerous. Um, It probably wouldn't be too, too fun. We'd have to land immediately somewhere. Um, and we would get drenched in the helicopter cause you know, the doors are open and stuff. So we, I have flown through some rain squalls, 
Um, but you know, safety comes first. So luckily we have not had to face any, uh, sketchy situations in the helicopter. I love it. That's funny. Well, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got some rapid fire questions for you. Uh, you ready for them? There is aviation photography centric. Absolutely. All right, cool. What's your favorite airport to shoot at? San Francisco. Least favorite airport. I don't think I have one. Uh, you'll get one soon. One day. <laughs> what is one airport you never shot at, but you've always wanted to? Uh, I'd love to do take a helicopter over Heathrow or Frankfurt. What about like an like a Singapore or anything like that? Have you ever thought about going out there? I have, and I would love to, um, but I assume shooting there would take a lot of prior approval, especially with like military authorities and stuff. I know London requires a a permit from the military, uh, the Air Force. So ask for forgiveness later; you'll be fine. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Don't tell him I said that. You're on your own. (laughs) Uh, let's say you are like fumbling on a camera. You think the day is over. You got room for a couple more photos. You look up and you see the most amazing photo opportunity. You don't have time to, to really dial in the perfect setting. What is like the go-to setting where, you know, camera settings where, you know, you'll be able to, to get a good picture out of it. Um, I, so I don't usually shoot manual. So just rip whipping out the camera, (sighs) Dream photo would be a sunset photo, so probably ISO five hundred, uh, ISO five hundred, um, go um, f stop two point eight, and um, maybe eight hundred on the um, on the uh, on the shutter speed, eight hundred, maybe six hundred on the shutter speed because airplanes usually moving fast. So yeah, probably somewhere around there. You said you normally shoot uh, in auto. Uh, no, I um, I shoot uh, completely manual. All right, cool. I, I must have heard that. I was like, dang, auto. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah. all, full manual all the time, which makes for a challenge in the helicopter, yeah, especially when for you're sure. pending, but fun challenge. What's your favorite lens? I loved my Nikon 200 to 400 f4 and my uh, 14 to 24 2.8. What lens will you never use again? Maybe one that's let you down. You had an old trusty one, but it let you down, and you just like will completely never use that ever again. Um, I loved my, uh, one Tamron 150 to 600, but, uh, not good enough with the sharpness. What's better or what's most important to a photographer having the best camera or the best lens? Ooh, yeah. Think about this one for a quick second. I would say camera. I would, I would say camera. Um, you can get away with using um, lesser lenses with a good camera, but it's hard to go vice versa. But that's just a personal preference. What's your favorite airplane to ever photograph? 747, all day, every day. All right, this is a controversial question. Um, what is, well, for me it is, because I hate one plane more than any plane for no real reason, just because I like to get a rise out of the internet. But <laughs> the Piaggio is my least favorite airplane in the whole world. Some people love it. They think it's beautiful, but I just think it's ugly as sin. What is for you the ugliest plane you've ever seen? And you can't say I don't have one. Ugliest airplane. One where you look at it, you're like, eh, it's kind of unfortunate looking. Um, CRJ 200. I, I just cannot <laughs> do the CRJ 200. Do you refuse to take pictures of it now? You're like, nope, next. 
<laughs> I actually posted one for the first time and it got a, it actually got a ton of support. People are like, you should post more CRJs. Never will happen again. I will never post another CRJ <laughs> 200 photo. That's hilarious. But yeah, I hate it. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Yeah, CRJ 200 gets a, get a lot of crap, man. I'm glad you paid it a little bit of respect, gave it its due, but now it's time to move on. He got its one photo, never again. <laughs> what kind of corporate planes would you love to photograph? I noticed that you have a lot of airlines and not as many corporate, but what's like uh, kind of like your dream corporate plane? Oh. You got to show the corporate side some love, man. You know, coming from the corporate I world. I do got to show the corporate I did buy side. a latitude picture from you. I need more latitudes. I I do have to get some more latitude pictures. I was actually over um, Opa Lockhart um, yesterday and I got, I think I got a latitude photo. I have to double check that I, um, it was far away, but I think I got another one. Um, but um, hmm, the Gulfstream family, G6, G6, G650, those, uh, those are beautiful airplanes. Yeah, they are. I would agree with you there for sure. Uh, let's see. What's like your most favorable least favorable weather conditions to take photos say mm, windy windy makes the um i can shoot with some clouds but when it's windy windy doesn't make for fun helicopters what's the most yeah no throwing up when you're taking a picture is not good yeah uh, what's the most important thing or feature for a camera to have is it megapixels is it um other camera things like what's the most important part of a camera sensor size megapixels what would it be i think this changes for every photographer um for me it's megapixels and that's why i went with the d850 um yeah 40 46 megapixels 47 megapixels i think um and so you just get a ton of depth and you can crop the heck out of your photos um for some people they need low um low light capabilities i'm not usually shooting in in um, low light conditions so for me it's being able to have fast shutter speed and a big sensor favorite airline livery I love the old American Airlines livery, the oh, shiny dang. chrome. Right. But I international KLM. Yeah, I KLM's love the cool. KLM livery. My sister lives in Amsterdam, so good choice. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite airline? And you probably are going to say United because they gave you the first shout. So anyone but United. <laughs> I do love United. United has done so much for me. But um, United, American, and Delta—they've—they've um, they've all given me opportunities to prove myself. Um, and they have great people at each of them. I can't really say I have a favorite, um, but KLM, uh, KLM is, uh, I just love them. What's the biggest win of your career so far? Win of my career. I think just getting that first job, getting that first, getting that first job, getting that opportunity to prove myself, um, and getting to build upon that. What's your biggest regret? Hmm. Not taking more 747 photos while I could. They, uh, they're all getting retired with the, uh, with the pandemic. So I, um, I don't have that many of them. You're going to have to go back to Louisville and get some more, uh, UPS 747s. I am. And I'm going to have to head to Memphis too. Uh, yeah, there you go. Or, uh, you look out for Coletta and, uh, all those airplanes up at, uh, I think they might operate some out of Ypsilanti too. I'm not sure. It might be too small, but yeah. Anchorage. Anchorage is the place There you to go. go. That's, yeah. That's Anchorage is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you have to get an apartment in Anchorage just for that. Oh, don't tempt me. Airbus or Boeing? If you could take one photo, you can only take one photo of one family of aircraft between Airbus and Boeing, 747 excluded. What would you choose? The Airbus, uh, Airbus, probably Airbus. The social media team at Airbus has been pretty cool. What's the most beautiful airplane you've ever seen outside the 747? (laughs) 
Um, unpopular opinion, the B-17. All right. I mean, that's kind of cool. I, I love – I'm a sucker for World War II um, warbirds. I'm actually – I have to write a paper on one right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the uh, I love the B-17. Favorite airport food? Auntie Anne's pretzels. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Not a healthy guy. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. All right, Ryan. Those are all the questions I have for you. Um, yeah, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Your photos are great. I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to turn out in your career and your future. I mean, you have such a great opportunity to just to create this huge impact in the world with your photography and aviation and whether you kind of go somewhere else with it and take other cool pictures too. You have a talent. You definitely do. I want to see you continue to do that. And I mean, your photos do inspire people to continue their love for aviation. So keep at it for sure, man. And I really look forward to seeing where you're going to go. Uh, if I can help out in any way, let me know. Look forward to staying in touch. I need to buy more latitude photos. So when you get them, let me know. Uh, <laughs> I agree with what you said. People need to pay for uh, those sweet photos. So uh, if anyone wants to buy one of Ryan's photos, he's about to drop all his accounts right now where you can go check it out and support him, help get him through college. You know, and maybe you think of like a, it's like a GoFundMe right now. <laughs> no. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I, um, you can go visit any of my stuff on, uh, diecast Ryan on Instagram or, um, Ryan, Ryan Patterson photography, um, is my website. So, um, I really, really do appreciate you having me and, uh, thank you so much for the support. Anytime, man. I appreciate it a lot and have a great day. Thank you. You too. And that is a wrap of episode 162 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Aviation, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Like I said earlier, please leave or serve you. Check us out on Instagram. And if you can hear background noise, that's Kemba chewing his bone. Great timing. <laughs> I hope you guys are having a great day. And as always, happy flying.